Life taught me every L is a lesson And every day is a blessing Corona split, we and mine have a session Know me for all the stressing all right, guys, welcome back to The Real Balance Podcast. It's your boy, DK The Real, man. And we back with episode seven. We got a really special guest today, man. My guy, Mr. Micah Burke-Holes. We got my guy, Ramil Harris, back. And we got my man, Dimp, a.k.a. Laura Uso, back at another one, man. I don't know and if we Dimp or Laura Uso today. We gonna see what the energy, <laughs> what the energy at with it. I don't know. He was just, he was just, he, nah, he, he was Uso today because yeah, uh, yeah, he was just snapping on a, on, snapping a, on a freestyle tip, man. But yeah, man, uh, Mr. Micah. Thank you for coming, man. Your energy was, I met you in the gym with my guy Ramil and uh, we just, we just started having a, just an open dialogue conversation right about life, like yep. instantly, man. And, and the, the vibes was just good off the rip, you know? So I asked you literally the first time I met you, it, it was kind of, we kind of pre-manifested this, that you come on a podcast and speak. So mm -hmm. it's dope that it's, it's actually happening right now, man. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Tell the people about yourself and- sure. um, you know, and I know you and Ramil got a really close relationship, so you guys can kind of bounce that off each other. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, uh, who's Micah Burkholz? I guess that's the question, right? Who am I and why am I here? So, uh, I, I do when I talk about who I am and what I do for a living and what I do for a living. Sometimes that's where people like say, all right, what does this person do? Where's what type of authority is he speaking from? And, uh, what I do for a living is I, I run, I do yoga, I eat, I spend time with my kids. I take my dog for a walk. That's what I do for a living. That is my living. I live. And uh, how I finance that is a whole different story. How I finance it, that's the job that I have. And that's my career. Mm -hmm. But I, I focus on am I living every single day? And so, you know, you know, I come from, uh, as you can see, I come from a place of privilege. <laughs> if you look at in the room, I am, I am, I come from a place of, of, uh, a loving home. I had both my mom and dad and they love each other. They love each other to, to this day and they love me. They love my kids very much. Just happened to be growing up in a uh, pastor's family and the generation upon generation of pastors. You're a pastor's um, kid. I'm a pastor's kid. Yep. Uh, pastor's kid. Um, I thought that was going to be kid? my path. No, no, sir. Okay. I was going to say that's all, it's all for it. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so my journey has been uh, going through understanding where I come from and where I am and where I'm planning on going. And, and even if there is a plan to where I'm going. So, well, what, what, uh, what is the truth that I can actually find out there and share? So that's, that's a little bit about who Micah Burkholz is. Um, I was a teen dad right out of high school got married and had a family and had responsibilities. And I had to just, you know, when you're, when you're in that position, you know, 19 years old, they say, go get a job, start making money, start, start providing. And you didn't really, it wasn't an option. Do you get married? You just got married. Right. In my household, you got married if that happened. So you're a teen dad. Now you got responsibilities. And over the past decade, uh, I've been kind of uh, peeling back the onion about uh, my belief system and deconstructing it. Deconstructing. Could you go in detail about what you mean when you say deconstructing your religion? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So people will say that we're going to burn down a belief system. And I believe that you have to deconstruct it. You go through and just like you are going to deconstruct a building, you go through and find the things that are value still. You go, you're going to deconstruct a bridge. You want to know that you still have some good quality parts that you could reuse down the road. So I'm not burning down my belief system. I'm deconstructing it. I'm finding truths where there may not be truth. Mm. 
So I am looking for what is the message, the intention behind it. Is it real or is it a belief system? And then how does that apply to myself and to my family moving forward? So I don't want to dis deconstruct and destroy. I want to deconstruct so I have something to build off of again. Okay. So what, um, touching on religion, what is your current position on, on religion um, in that deconstruction phase? Like what's, what's that looking like for you right now? Yeah. So currently where I'm at in this process, and this is, it's an, it's an ongoing process, it's an ongoing journey. When I look at religion and formalized religion, what that means to me is I believe it's a system. I think it's a belief, a belief system and a system of control that is hand in hand with government, that is hand in hand with leaders and is a tool of oppression. Mm. I believe that religion keeps people in boxes. Mm. It keeps bo people in boxes of both economic classes. It keeps people in boxes of thought. Um, it keeps when you're in a box, you're separated from other things and it creates walls of separation. And I would say I am anti-organized religion as a whole, but understand the value proposition it can add to an individual. Hmm. To a society, if to the society is doing bad enough. <laughs> wow, so yeah. it's, it's almost like they, um, that whole concept of, of the paradigm. Actually, yeah, actually, we might as well get into this. We might as well get yeah, into I already, this. I already knew what I was going to. <laughs> yeah, we might as well get into this. As soon as you said religion in a box, I said, yeah, because, well. Because yeah. people really don't understand this. So I'm going to do something really quick, right? Okay, so I made this. Well, everybody has their own. Um, I, I, I learned the, the concept of a paradigm through uh, um, um, Bob Proctor, Ray Hagans. Everybody has their own way of, but this is, this is kind of my way. So as you was touching on that, right? So I'm just going to draw this up quick. Okay, so... I'll do that. So we got religion. We've got diet. We've got fitness. Hey, while he doing that, could yeah, you yeah. explain your box? Like, what type of boxes did religion put you in, uh, specifically yourself? So, religion gave structure to an idea. So the box that I was in was very much focused on being a good member of society in a capitalistic structure. So how I, how I can break that down is you have a belief system, father, son, Holy spirit, world sucks. Jesus is going to come make everything better. We owe him something and we owe him the ability to be better. We owe him our heart. We owe him everything. And I can, I want to deconstruct that a little bit more, a little bit later, but to go into, because I owe him, I need to, and I, and I am driven to do my best and to be successful, to raise the family the certain way within the church. If I don't, I am failing the church, failing the, the, the people, my family that raised me. I need to contribute to society by being a, an effective member of capitalism mm -hmm. so that I can not only buy and sell and trade or what have you, but also contribute and tithe and pay taxes. So because of that, when you start saying that this, this is the box that I'm in, I'm stuck saying that this is the only path for me. Mm. This is the only journey. You got to hustle, right? I sold cars. I worked in finance. I, that's, my, that's my background for some of the stuff that I did to get my career to where I am today. But if you're not hustling, that means, are you going to take a vacation, right? 
No, you can't take a vacation. You take a vacation, someone's going to ask you, you know, do are you serious about your job here? It costs money to take vacation. It does. <laughs> it does, especially if you're in a commissioned job. Yeah. And if you're in a, in a competitive commissioned job where you take a break, right? You take a break, somebody else is going to take that job. They're going to get that sale. They're going to get that customer. They're going to get that promotion. You take a break, you're losing. And that all feeds into that same box that we're raised with. And you got to keep on pushing yourself. Hmm. Well, maybe not all of us are raised, but that was my box. Yeah, yeah you were a pastor's kid, which is that, that box is extremely uh, more limited. It, it's right. limited. And many, many times it looks like it's built out of glass yeah. <laughs> because everybody's wow. looking in to the pastor's family. They're always looking into the pastor's kit. But the, I, I want to make it clear. My parents loved me. Right. My parents love me to this day. I was not abused by my parents and I was not abused by the church that never hurt me. It was just doing the best that they could and what they with knew the, with within the information. their boxes. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, is the box wrong is the question. And well, I that's going to get into the paradigm that yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Look, yeah. So anybody, anybody viewing in, I'm going to break this down for you guys, right? I'm not an artist or anything, but I just want you guys to really understand this, right? So this is kind of the basis of what we're talking, right? So inside this circle, right? This is what Mr. Michael was just talking about. Inside this circle, we have everything you know about everything you think you know is inside this first circle right here, okay? You got your diet, you have religion, you have your parents' favorite sports teams that you believe <laughs> your whole life, you know what I'm saying? You have everything. It doesn't matter if you're Christian, Muslim, um, you only marry See, doctors. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Don't get tattoos. Um, yoga is is evil. It doesn't matter. Everything that you know about everything you think you know lives in this first circle. In this- Good and bad. Yeah, good and bad. This is a paradigm, okay? And then, what? And this is this is kind of how, how I made it up because then this circle on the outside, it's a dotted line because, you know, as we were, most of us in this room were raised very religious. You know what I'm saying? So when you get exposed to outside information, it's uncomfortable. And, and sometimes you don't always adapt the information. Sometimes it's not easy to just to accept it. And somebody tells you something, we're all prideful and we and we want to be protected. We want we we love living inside of this first circle. But I'm not saying the circle's bad because sometimes people some people need to live in a circle, but for the people that are actually wanting to step outside, for people that are like I hate my religion. I feel like something's more than this. I don't want to live the way that my parents want me to live or the way that society wants me to live. And that goes for anything. Then you're kind of on this circle. And then once you actually adapt a new paradigm, now you've adapted here. And this is a complete new paradigm shift out here. So you go from inside the circle to kind of testing the waters, and then you adapt a whole new paradigm. And that's kind of where this conversation is going to lead to. Like, this is a conversation of a group of four men. You have a, a white man and you have three black men who are all can can come to a consensus of how we were all inside the circle. Right. And we, we've tested the circle. Sometimes we went back in or sometimes our parents said, no, don't do that. Don't believe in that. That's bad. Don't do this. And then we became on our own. We start to think for ourselves and got the training reels away. And then we had this kind of red pill awakening stage where we're like, bro, I'm here. Like life is here. And then what you realize is in more and more circles, this pattern just repeats itself over and over again. You never stop learning. You never stop breaking, at least until you get to a point where it, you know, it's a choice. Everything's a choice. And you just need to understand that. Yeah, I was going to say that because you could stop. You could stop at the first one. Imagine you go up to somebody. Um, I don't know your religious beliefs. We ain't, we didn't ask them yet. But imagine you go up to somebody and you tell them there's no real proof that Jesus was here. 
and they they haven't even proved it themselves. It's just all fate. Mm-hmm. They could just debunk it right there and be like, "I'm not expanding my bubble. I'm comfortable right there." Mm-hmm. You and know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, that's the choice too. That would that would stop the expansion. Yeah, like you can right. stop it if you don't want to learn nothing else in the world. But, and, in, the and if, the but in the back of the mind, that seed might be planted, mm. right? For for later down the line. For later down the line, <laughs> right? And that happened to me a lot. There's mm. a lot of seeds that got planted because I was. Being raised as a pastor's son, I thought I was going to be a pastor. So I I feel that I have the capability, the upbringing, the foundation to be a speaker, to be a preacher. I was a youth minister for a short period of time and actually re- did services, planned services, and, and spoke in churches. You was in it. In I was in it, yeah. in it right? <laughs> and But there's all these seeds that are, are constantly planted. And the question is, are you going to water them? And are you going to go back to being like a child? like a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and start saying, why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why is it that way? Right. Why is it that way? But why? And eventually, when we start asking those questions as adults, uh, we just say, well, we just have to trust in faith. We believe in faith. Mm-hmm. And I think they tried, people that are trying to stay within that paradigm, that bubble, for them, that's good enough. We just trust in God. We don't know what God says. Mm-hmm. We can never know what God says. We can never know his infinite wisdom. So stop asking that question. Right. And some will. Because if they are not willing to believe that the Bible is infallible or the religious scripture is infallible, mm-hmm. if they're not willing to believe that the pastor or speaker that's sharing that message isn't infallible, then... If they're not willing to suspend that belief, they're going to stay within that. The second they believe for one moment that that pastor is infallible, that that's a human being, Mm -hmm. and their words are infallible, (laughs) does that mean that the book that they are quoting could possibly be infallible as well? Possibly. Possibly. That's that's the key word. Possibly. Is it it at least possible? possible? Is it worth examining a little deeper is it worth asking a little tough questions exactly exactly are you willing to ask that question and i think alexa is just saying oh, we can't even connect up to the cloud right now yeah see look, <laughs> look, 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 look alexa, alexa trying to like, stop the conversation yeah, alexa is like this is, we're not getting out of this bubble we're staying here so. yeah. <laughs> like like them said though some people are comfortable with staying in that first bubble of that paradigm and mike i'd like to ask you at what point of your life did you feel like that seed that was planted in the back of your head start blooming into a flower of open-mindedness? Yeah, I think that a lot of it started when I started going through my second divorce. Mm. So I've been divorced a few, a couple times. I'm on my third marriage. I never give up, right? <laughs> keep on fighting for, right? I didn't uh, give up. Yeah. I even started. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. But I, I think it was during that process where I I had followed a path. You grow up, you get married, or have a good job, get married, whatever it is, you have a family. And if that doesn't work out, you go through a divorce, you got you to gotta have a partner in life. Because everyone says, you have Adam and Eve, you got to have a partner in life. And when I started going through that second divorce, um, I had a lot of time alone. And I used that time to find out who I was. There was, a, there was actually, I actually started my deconstruction by studying the Bible more. And part of it was a phrase about uh, love your enemies as yourself. So that phrase right there is... Hit that you the you, wrong way. <laughs> you can, well, if you love your enemies as yourself, that means you love yourself. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that was something that was ever focused on in 
an upbringing religion. It was don't be prideful. You got to be humble. Mm -hmm. But it never told you how to love yourself. It, it just assumed do unto others as you would do unto you. But you never talk about how do you love yourself where you're at? Mm -hmm. What does it mean to love yourself? And when I started understanding loving myself means putting myself first. That means honoring my body. It means honoring my diet. It means taking care of those things that I love, my kids, and putting that first. Selfishness right? the right way. Selfishness is a necessity <laughs> for survival. Mental health, physical health, if you're not putting that first, you're going to put yourself in a precarious position, and you're going to find yourself unhappy full of resentment and it can eat up you eat you up like a cancer mm. and i think that that is also a reason why uh the church doesn't focus on that because the second you find out you can love yourself without having somebody every sunday telling you how horrible you are you are sinful from birth mm. Sinful from the time your mother conceived you. You yeah. are evil. There's nothing good that could come from you. Now, <laughs> without me in your life, you are nothing. Is that biblical or is that the words of an abuser? If you think of what a narcissist sounds like, a narcissist in a relationship, the Bible is a framework for abusive and narcissism misogyny. Hmm. And that is what I started to see more and more is if I am telling my partner, you're worthless without me. You're not going to get anywhere without me in your life. I hear those words and it sounds just like every Sunday morning. But luckily I'm here. I'm here to save you. I'm here to provide for you. <laughs> you owe me. You owe me sound your like, partnership. Sound like pimping almost. It is. <laughs> it is. But And that's where my deconstruction started. Because I was never taught to love myself. I was loved, but never taught how to love myself. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you guys? You guys, what would you guys have to say about what would your, I mean, I can, I can confidently say that everybody at this table does well at practicing self-love and self-autonomy and self-governance. So like, how's that process look for you guys as far as self-love? How did that journey to self-love kind of trickle into, into you guys' lives? It's pretty similar what Micah just broke down for us, um, putting yourself first. For me personally, um, if you can't take care of yourself, how can you help anyone else in the world? And um, being honest with myself is another one. Um, analyzing mm. my day-to-day -day actions <laughs> is that, do, do I believe the actions I put forth in this life is leading up to me being becoming the best version of myself or what I believe to be the best version of myself and um, and actually applying these concepts that I take from whether that's reading books or learning from other people who are very mindful themselves and implementing those characteristics in my life and making it my own. Am I actually practicing that in real time? Mm. And um, and I would say, again, the biggest one is honesty for me, just being honest with myself yeah, um, and just taking care of myself nutrition nutrition wise um you know we all know that they call your your gut the, the second brain mm -hmm. you know if i'm not taking care of myself my as far as what i'm putting into my body there's going to be some type of distorted connection between um my mind and my reality 
in my emotions and all how the energetic systems work within our bodies. Mm-hmm. So just keeping that in mind, like in my head, do I have a balance of um, electric foods such as certain fruits or vegetables, or am I making sure I have the the muscle component to my body to sustain wear and tear as we go through this journey in life, just having a balance overall. And um, like I said, just having a balance and just finding who I am, asking myself the tough questions. And I may not necessarily get those answers at that very moment, but as long as I keep searching for those answers and wanting to become better, become my best self, become my highest self, I know eventually those answers are going to come to me. And just like that paradigm shift, my mindset, my mindfulness will continue to expand and expand and those Mm -hmm. levels continue to elevate and uplift. And like Micah says, it doesn't stop there. You have to keep going. You can become complacent (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that could be where the road stops. But do I really want that? No, I don't. You know, I just want to live this life to the fullest, to how I want to see it for myself. Absolutely. And I think that's key is that when it comes to that, what is your success metric? Mm-hmm. What is your KPI? Not what somebody else is for you, right? What is mm-hmm. it? And, and are you honest with yourself that this is what I want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And if you're, you can look at that accountability mirror and it's like, all right, when it, when it really came down to it and you were tested, if you didn't, if you were dishonest with yourself, it will show. Yes. Right. It, it will, it. It, exactly. It's yeah. like I did, I, I should have done more pull-ups to practice, <laughs> to get ready for, yeah. mm-hmm. for it. And, mm-hmm. and then it's like, if I'm in it and I don't do it, it's because mm-hmm. I was not being honest. And, and that leads to to distrust of yourself. Mm-hmm. That leads to, to, to depressed states. And that's something I'm going through right now on my calisthenics journey. It's like, bro, do the work. You, you trust yourself. You start to love yourself the more you trust yourself. You, what you what you trust, you love. You know exactly. they're they're kind of two sides of the same coin. And so, push yourself. Complacency is is like the seed of self hate and complacency. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's, it, I mean, well, I kind of said that wrong, but you know what I mean. Like being complacent is the seed that leads to depression because the more you sit in your complacent ways, the more you start to talk negatively to yourself and oh, I'm fat, I'm not attractive, and it's like, bro, go to the gym. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Go to the gym. You'll feel better. Like, like Your mind is just like your body. Absolutely. If you put shit into it, you're going to get shit out Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Right? If your body, if you are not taking care of your body, you're going to gain weight. You're mm-hmm. going to be yeah. lethargic. You're not going to be it. And if you constantly feed yourself negative thoughts, shit, you're going to feel that way. I got a question for you, Michael. You talked yeah. a lot about capitalism. Getting back to uh, the religious uh, side of it, you talked about capitalism and religion. Yes. And how the two, you kept just saying capitalism, Christianity, capitalism, Christianity. Yes. Could you go in depth and like uh, explaining how the two are so linked in in your perception? Yeah. So if you look at historically, the way that the two are intertwined comes back to early colonialism. And colonialism is still going on to this day, and it's been a persi- it's been a persistent cancer that's affected us globally. And in order to help pave the way to increase profits for whether countries or corporations, there's always the places that have the resources that need to be stripped of said resources and then apply towards that wealth. In order to do that, if you look historically, countries would send missionaries along with the conquerors, along with the colonials. Why? Because they knew that if they could break down the spirit 
and assimilate them to the religious following mm. of the conquerors, they could then manipulate and direct what they wanted with those resources. <laughs> and a prime example is uh, if you look at Canada during the fur trade, you saw that there were active with the fur traders coming in. You saw from French, uh, you know, from France and from England that were coming into Canada, they would bring priests and they would bring Jesuits with them. And those Jesuits' jobs were to go preach the good news, the gospel, and try to convert as many as possible. Mm. And if at any time they felt that they were no longer, they were at an impasse, the question then would be, do we worry about them physically because does God only care about them spiritually? So if their souls are no longer on the table of a concern because they didn't accept the message, it is now out of their hands. We did what we tried to do as good Christians. Now we can go conquer without any remorse, mm. without any guilt. Mm. Now that has happened in Canada. That happened to the indigenous people up there. Two-thirds of all the wealth of the entire globe has been stripped from Africa. And it's all to feed colonialism and capitalism. So that ongoing, be a part of it, be a part of the cog, be a part of the machine. Now, mind you, I love making money. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. But I also see the failures in the system that currently exists. So do I believe that they are intertwined? Yes. And the religion will be intertwined with every single government until it's removed from it. Mm -hmm. Or it's treated as a business as it is. Mm. So, so piggybacking off of that, how do you see racism in, in religion? Because, I mean, obviously kind of, you know, capitalism and, and the conquerors and, you know, it, it, they, they kind of intertwine, but, but just going on deeper, how do, how do you, as obviously you're, you know, not black. So how do right. you see, if for a black person listening to this podcast as an open-minded white man, how do you perceive racism in religion. And once, first, let me once again say I appreciate being included in this conversation. I respect the differences. And um, and if my words come off as pontificating at any, at any moment, please just keep me in check. Speak but, your truth, 100%. What, what I have, what I have said, I, I think if you, are you familiar with the artist Lecrae? Yeah. Okay. Look, yeah. I, I I love him. I love him as uh, as an artist, and he actually did a freestyle once talking about the most segregated uh, the most segregated day is Sunday service. Hmm. The most segregated day, and what does that tell tell us about who we're serving? And so it asks a question. So Sunday morning is the most segregated place that we'll ever find. You'll find black churches, you'll find white churches. And that is one part of it is socioeconomic, right? You go by neighborhood, wherever there's a neighborhood. So you can look at the socioeconomical classes that are going to force people into certain bubbles and start to, we're going to go to, to services with each other. Makes sense. All right. Mm -hmm. I, I understand that. The problem is, is that when you dissect that, a white pastor coming into a black church what is the energy and what is the feeling when a white man comes up in front and tries to preach the good news? Is it going to be wildly accepted or is there going to be a little bit of, why is this guy talking to us? Mm -hmm. And also, if we look at the inverse, you don't find black pastors in white churches. Mm -mm. You just don't. Mm -mm. Um, the Assembly of God, uh, an organization, if you're familiar with that, a religious group, uh, Assembly of God, uh, actually split over this back in the, I think it was the 1970s, 1980s, uh, where they um, part of the church wanted to have black representation on the uh, governing body of the organization. And Assembly of God president and founding father said, no, it's not going to happen. 
it wasn't a discussion. It was, mm. no, you cannot have black representation. We're not going to have black pastors on, on it. Now, since then, they have come back and said we were wrong, right? The church split into two different church groups, but the, uh, uh, I think it's like Christ Church of God, of God's people or something like that is what it broke off to. Um, since then, they agreed to say, hey, we were wrong. And because of that, in our schools, anybody that went to this church now has, uh, anybody that broke off because of the racial issues will now be able to get free tuition. Hmm. So they believe in reparations. Maybe it's not the level that it should, but they understand that. Right. Uh, religion, uh, if you look at another organization that calls itself Christian, is the Mormon Church. Uh, Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. It wasn't until 1968 or 1970, somewhere around there during the Civil Rights Movement, that they believed that black people had souls. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not even lying. It was, a, it was a thought process that they would not be able to be saved because when Elohim met with Lucifer, Jesus, and the other governing bodies, this is pre-creation, mm -hmm. Lucifer and Jesus disagreed with, Elo, uh, with each other, but Jesus, who already existed, partnered, said, I'm going to go with Elohim. And that's, Lucifer that's, said that's, no. That's uh, the Mormons? There's the Mormons. Yeah, so that's Joseph, right? Joseph, Joseph Smith. Smith. Yeah. He, and is he the one they said wrote that story? Yeah, yeah. He's the one that uh, supposedly wrote so the... So even, even in that story, Jesus, Jesus would be a white man. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. So even in that one, right? And so when Lucifer said, no, I'm not going to follow that, that's the fall, the division that happened, and the angels or spirits that followed Lucifer would then be born into black bodies. But that's just pure imagination. It is pure imagination. Like he's just making up a story. I mean, obviously. It, exactly. It, 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 but that is one of the largest religions that claims itself to be Christian in America yeah. and mm -hmm. spreading this message. Now it pivots, it changes. But what does that tell you about the shifting and the changes of the religions themselves? So, yes, Joseph Smith, pedophile. Uh, he, 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 he probably going to piss a couple people off saying that, but Caesar Borgia and Joseph Smith probably have a lot in common. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously he wouldn't make Caesar Borgia his Jesus instead of uh, an actual colored person that might have been in that area. Exactly. And that's where we see the first white Jesus hmm. is yeah. from that, right? Yeah. That's where we see that artist rendition because hmm. of Michelangelo. Your shirt. Who on your shirt? Uh, yeah, right, right. That's Caesar Borgia. Right. That, that's the image. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But yeah. it also says, I never said that. <laughs> right? Yeah, I never said that. Right. So much stuff. Jesus is uh, in religion um, has caused divisions. And this was another piece when I started doing research about translations. Um, the translations of certain words that just are not making sense with the overall gospel message. So we have interpretation. And then we have translations, two very different things. You translate an original language, and then you have to still interpret the meaning because words do not translate well. And, and that comes from Latin origin, right? So well, a lot of the, the biblical, well, Greek, you know, Greek. So origin. like the Vulgate was the, the Vulgate was the uh, Latin uh, copies of the New Testament, the Vulgate, right? Yeah. So if we're talking, if we're talking about the original Old Testament was written in Hebrew, and the New Testament was written in Greek, it was just the understood language of communication at the time when it was supposedly written. There was a in 1946 commissioned a, a translation of the Bible, 
uh, to NIV and all that. And the and one of the many of the service uh, many of the source materials was a German Bible, and the certain words just didn't quite translate well. Like the word pedophile somehow quickly got switched to homosexual. Mm. So when you start looking at the Old Testament and New Testament translations, they change the word. Oh, yeah, for sure. The word homosexual as a sin was non-present in the Bible that we know until after 1940. Mm. How, how, far back into, how far back into the history of it are you aware of? So do you, do you know anything about like uh, the Gnostics and, and the Bible and... If it was an actual Bible before the Catholics got a hold of it and that type of stuff. Yes. Uh, what awareness you have about that that you could tell? Yeah. So if, if we start looking at the vetting of the codices, the vetting of the codices is where they took all of the scriptural papers, manuscripts, and brought them all together and they vetted them. Right. These are the source who, who, material. Who is they? That they would be the, uh, the uh, Roman Catholic Church at that time is the one that started vetting the codices. So the Do, different councils. Like the Council of Nicaea and stuff like that. Yeah, is that yeah. what you're talking about? So yeah, there was the Council of Nicaea, which was established after the Arian heresy. That was one of the pieces that they did. However, uh, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered back in like the 1930s or what have you, they had to do a go a revetting process where they compared the scrolls that predated some of the documents and manuscripts and said, all right, does this match up to what we've already been working with? So this goes back to recently as 1930. Yeah, a lot of it does. Correct. So there's versions of the Bible that predated. I have some of my old family uh, Bibles that go back to the, you know, the 1800s. We have a what they call um, a tetraglotta, which is a four language copy of the Bible that goes back to the 1700s that my dad has. And what this tetraglotta does, it takes four different languages, Hebrew, uh, Greek, uh, German, and Latin, because those were basically Germanic languages. It was one of the major spreaders of the mm-hmm. uh, of that and the Romantic languages. So they would be able to compare the Vulgate to the Septuagint uh, from the original Hebrew and Greek as well. So there is some comparison that goes goes back and forth. But when we look at with the actual source material, if we look at like the book of Mark, uh, for example, it's one scrap of paper. (laughs) It's one scrap of paper that can be attributed to being written about 80 years after the gospel writer Mark actually died. This is a better question. Do you, my bad, this is a better question. Do you believe though that Mark and uh, the people that they claim wrote those scriptures, you believe they actually wrote them? No. What do you, what do you believe happened? I believe that there were a lot of followers of many Jesuses back in those times. Jesus was not a singular individual uh, and unique to that time period. More so like a like an archetype. He was an archetype. There were literally multiple people like Bar Jesus or Barabbas. If we if we want to look at, there's just as much written about Barabbas, who was the one that was let go at the time of the crucifixion over Jesus. Bar Jesus was his real name. Um, that that was the family surname. Uh, he was a, one of many that were able to do miracles mm-hmm. that would go traveling and had a following because this is what they had for hope. This was a this was a people that was under the control of Rome. So there were multiple Jesuses. There were multiple followers. So do I believe that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four Gospels, are the actual writers? No. 
I believe that there is source material that might be contributed or attributed to them. However, I believe that the Roman Catholic Church, in the process of bringing all of this information together, right, when they're pulling it all together, they had to create a consistent story. And they had to piece it together in a way that was sellable. It's mm. a marketing plan. Mm. The Bible is a marketing plan that gives structure to a belief system that keeps people in place. Most popular book ever. Yeah. And that's why they had the five Roman councils. Well, well I mean, not, I'm not going to say why, but I believe that these intelligent men of those times, they, they were artists, they were preachers, they were, they were um, um, pe- you know, leaders of, of, of mass groups of people. And when you when you study the Council of Nicaea, Constantinople, and you you know you get into them councils, it's pretty much a bunch of smart ass dudes yeah. piecing shit together. Yeah, the control mm-hmm. the control of it is fucked up. But just looking at the science behind it and how they did it, how they actually used astrology and all those stories and shit, you like, bro, they was they was tapped in to to even write some stuff like that. So as as you start diving in deeper into the Old Testament stories and you start listening, reading the stories, I mean, even the creation stories, I think this is, you know, something that we talked about a little bit. The creation story is word for word taken from uh, ancient Kemet writings, <laughs> right? Like it literally word for word. Yeah. Speaking and what, into the darkness. What, what ancient, well, one, um, anybody that's watching, um, uh, and, and like I said, I want especially black people watching the show to be I would I, I like the fact that there's a white man talking about these about these things because it is showing it's it's showing togetherness. You know, what I'm saying it's showing open mindedness and how, um, you know, it, it's just it's just giving you a perspective. So it's not just us sitting here saying, oh, we used to be kings. Yeah. I don't know what the you fuck know, happened. There, there are. Yeah. There are white people who actually who don't drink the Kool-Aid and who have more open minded. So what is your your interpretation of ancient Kemet and the ancient Kemet deities, Isis and, you know, all the stories of, you know, uh, tapping it out a little bit? Yeah. So if we look at the ancient Parthenons of gods, goddesses and folklore and legends and all that. It's the same group over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Going back, it's the same group, right? You've got, if we look at the uh, Mother Mary, right, holding Jesus, that's Isis holding Horus, right? Mm-hmm. You got Isis and Osiris and Horus. This is the same, this is the same story. It's a, it is Odin and Frigga and, mm-hmm. and Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it even Parvati. Go, yeah. and, you know, it even go to be, Jesus being a female. Yeah, uh, sometime in, in certain stories, but they all the same, but all the it, same story. If you dive deeper into the Jesus story, right, and where they copied that from, the resurrection story, that goes back to ancient Kemet. There was a goddess that was killed, hung on a tree, that was killed and then was re- resurrected. The story of Easter is based on Astor. Yeah, that the was the goddess uh, Astor. Yeah, and yeah, the bringer of spring. So, but then, but then, when you tell, when you have this conversation with a Bible thumping Christian, they will say that it's paganism. When, I, but they're not understanding. I'm trying to tell them, duh, the whole thing was written based off of paganism and astrology mm-hmm. and all the mystical ways to tell y'all not to research. Why would the Bible tell people not to learn that stuff? It's control. Yeah, well, it's I, control. I wanna, I wanna make a, I wanna make a correlation. I wanna hear your opinion on this. So you, you, you touched on the Dead Sea Scrolls quick. I know when I discovered the Dead Sea Scrolls, I discovered the Book of Giants, the book, you know, the Book of Enoch, and it was kind of like I'm not for a brief second. 
my faith in Christianity kind of I got it got a little more um, sparked uh, because you had because Enoch is briefly mentioned in the Bible. He was leading the group of people following him into the desert and he, and just, he just disappeared or whatever. And that's it, it, Enoch's not mentioned much in the Bible. But then the whole story of Enoch is mentioned in the book of Enoch. And it's talking about Azazel and him being the scapegoat for people's sins. And they're teaching people astrology and the beautification of the eyelids. And it talks about the the behemoth and the, Goli- and the, the uh, Leviathan, Leviathan and the behemoth. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just like, it's it's so contradictory and it, it it's just those were my first eye openings when I was uh, a heavy Bible reading Christian like when I was still in it in it like those were some of my first eye openings because it was like the book of Enoch is referenced in the Bible like Enoch is referenced in the Bible multiple right. times mm-hmm. so uh, I would ask Christians and stuff do you read Enoch some would say yes some would say no but they'd be like I just stick to the Bible even when I was sticking to the Bible. It said Enoch, so it referenced me to the book of Enoch. And when I went to the book of Enoch, I was like, bro, hold, hold up, bro. Like, is it Satan or Azazel? What the fuck is going on? That's just like fir- first steps. How much of that information did you guys take literal within bro, these books? That, that, but that's what I'm saying. It, it's hard it, it, because so, you, it, it's hard to not take it literal. But then when you step back, you you kind of have, it's, it's a, bro. When, when you were a Christian, I didn't know, when I was a Christian, I didn't know that the Bible is allegory. Right. So it, it was like, I was taking it all literal. I thought demons were real. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand none of that stuff. So I was, pe- people really take the Bible literal. Yep. So when I was reading Enoch, I was taking that shit literal. And it, take, it was like throwing it off. And so many words have been taken out or replaced with something out. The meaning of words have changed over time. Yeah, that was, um, just, that was just the like initial, like he said, set you up for the future. Right, that was right. like the initial signs where it was like, Oh no, nah, bro! This shit. Something. It seems like there's so many correlations. With so many stories, and I just started. Systems. Yeah, I started seeing the imagination. Just like, bro, whoever wrote this was a creative mod. Like, for example, even going back to the whole Trinity concept, I became I stumbled upon some information like last week sometime, and there's a number system that represents the Trinity. As you can, like for example, a pyramid. They number each side of the pyramid one, two, three, and each number has a value which has who came up with the numbers it, who came up with the numbers probably the same motherfucker and then they add in the number four for neutrality hmm. so you got all the numbers that represent let's say a negative or a positive aspect of um of that entity or that side of energy and then you have the number four for neutrality it's re- coming across all this information is like how do you at the end of the day how do you really know what what all of this means. Like you said, Demp, who came up with numerology, for an example? Who came oh, up- Who came up with astrology? Who, who <laughs> came up with the concept or, of um, astrology at the, at the end of the day? Like, Micah, are you, are you aware of any of the, the numerology concepts or astrology? I, I haven't, I, I can't speak to that mm-hmm. with any authority because uh, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't div, uh, dove into that. Right. The Bible so. won't necessarily lead you to I feel like when you're in the steps that we went through with, like studying it, you'll go to astrology before you go to numerology. And definitely astronomy, because the Bible talks about the three wise men, and that is astronomy. And that's arguments that I would, this is when I was going through my red pill awakening phases and I was in like a rage. Cause you know, it's like different steps of right, right, right. accepting the truth. When I was in that rage, I was just like trying to tell people like, bro, 
it, this shit is fucking astrology. They'll be like, no, it's astronomy. They use the stars. They didn't put the stars there and use it as magic. They just use the stars to lead them. I'm like, so it's astronomy in the Bible, but no astrology. Correct. That's when I was just right. That's when I started reaching the next step of just like accepting like well, the red pill ain't for everybody, especially with Christianity. Yeah. The problem is, is that there's a lot of fan fiction around the Bible. Preachers, preachers, preachers will just start create, imagining stuff. They start creating Dante's Inferno is the concept of hell for of hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right there. The, Gehenna was they talk about there's four words that translated to hell in the Bible that they translate four different words yeah. that are four different physical places you could go visit on this planet Bro, and when that I was they a, translated to hell. When mm. I was a Christian, it would be like, yeah, that place is for rapists. That place is for murderers. That place is for people who just, they weren't that bad. They just didn't. I'm like, bro, what the fuck is y'all it's, starting it's, to talk it's about? Just, it's just people judging other people trying to categorize. It's imagination. <laughs> that's, that's all I say. It is literally imagination. <laughs> literally. The second that you can put people in a box of belief that is figured less than yours, you can then dominate with power. Absolutely. You are now empowered with your belief system to say, <laughs> well, I know something you don't. I am smarter than you. Mm-hmm. I am better than you. And therefore, I should be able to control you. And that's why I don't think religion going nowhere because don't nobody know they created something that don't like nobody has the answers to well i i would say that not only do they not know but they're not willing to say that they don't and therefore they have to believe it 100 percent because people will will go back and say well the bible says but when science comes around and proves something wrong, they will say, nope, I'm gonna, it's not in the Bible. I'm not going to trust it. Yeah. But science has proven it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I can make the argument, and I forgot where I heard this at, but um, like I said, and please feel free to correct me, but um, I don't think, I think every person in the Bible was fictional. Can you go to anybody in the Bible's grave nah, site? Him, him, what was his name? Uh, the king? Uh, I can't. Which one? They said he was supposedly a giant in the Bible. Nimrod? Nimrod, yeah. yeah. Nimrod is uh I think it's proof that he would he actually existed. So oh, yeah, so Nimrod, Xerxes, that was that was like Babylonian. He was, so, a, he was a Babylonian ruler. I, I think it's I'm not sure on that, but I think it is proof he existed. And that's what I'm saying. Whoever created this shit, bro, they were cold enough to like get this take take Tom's truth. Have truth, bro. And, like and, and just throw that shit yeah, in. And, and then over time big and say it was two thousand years ago. Yeah, that shit was two thousand years ago. And then you go back. You can find Nimrod, but you can't find 80% of the other motherfuckers. And yeah. you'd be like, oh, well, that shit real shit. I found an up crew. Hell, so there, there are places that you can find. There's there's locations, of course. And there are some people that will have some historical documentation about Caesar. Yeah, for sure. They talk about jo- Josephus. Uh, Josephus was a, a, a great uh, yeah. a scholar that documented a lot of stuff during that time period. Uh, but as you start looking at it. Plagiarism is in that, it, uh, it, for sure. Big time. Big time. When, when you start the comparing. Same the and that's when the capitalism and control comes in, man. Yeah, I, I, I believe that 100%. Damn. So yeah. I'm going to ask this next question on the other side of the spectrum. Since we've been talking about how these belief systems have been used as a tool of control to, and to manipulate people and to separate people from the different belief systems or religions that you've come across, Micah, what are some commonalities or truths that you've come across, if any, that can actually bring people together. Oh, that's a great one. I, I think that as we like start looking at the message that can be attributed to Jesus, I think has some value to it. 
love all, serve all, mm. do good, right? Yep. You know, take care of your uh, take care of your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? So you start looking at the parables. That's where I say that there's some truths. Whether or not they're true, I believe that there's truths. Mm-hmm. Uh, fight for social justice. Fight for, fight to give rights to the marginalized. Be an advocate for those who cannot advocate for themselves. I think those are the best messages. Be selfless. Mm-hmm. So selfish, right? to put yourself first. But once you love yourself, now you can be of service. Yeah, just break it down. Selfish, fish for oneself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you do enough self-fishing, then you can you can, you can can give. You know exactly. what I'm saying? See, and you preaching a light message, you're a light being. I just see the light, like you're going, you're, you're a mature light being. And I, I would, I'm not saying that shit. I'm saying the, the whole religious shit is fucking cap. Like, I'm fuck the light. Do your own fucking thing, bro. Like we have mature speakers on here a lot. I'm just speaking in the immature mind. Sure. Like fuck that. That shit is cap, bro. Like I'm gonna say it's immature, uh, bro. It, bro, real balance. That's what it's about. Because it's like the same. It's like, bro, the world can never be at complete peace. I love Eastern philosophy. That's why my logo kind of looks like the yin and yang symbol because I deeply understand the world can never be how the Bible envisions it. It will never be just peace. It, there has to be opposition. There has to be friction. You know what I'm saying? But then there has to be the people in the middle who's keeping it balanced. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it just has to be. I've done I've done a lot of diving into a yoga practice uh, over the past few years, and the word balance has shifted meaning for me. I look at balance as not not falling. Balance isn't about being secure. Balance is being secure and knowing you're going to fall and get back up. That's what balance means to me. Straight up. I'm going to fail. And I'm not attached to that failure. I'm not attached to that success. I am going to get back into motion regardless of the outcome. And, and you know how the world could benefit from what you just said is we can be wrong about what we believe in and reconstruct, as you said, when, when the podcast began, reconstruct and and I think the beginning of that starts with people open up their minds a little more, you know? But like I said, it's like, imagine all of us at this table found out that our biological fathers wasn't our biological fathers at this age. We wouldn't literally, we wouldn't know who the fuck we are. You know what I'm saying? And so it's it's tough and it's hard to ask someone to do that. And I understand, you know, but it's like, I feel like people people need to be able to deconstruct to that point of where you falling down, you're like, damn, I don't know. The Bible may not be the answer. Jesus may not be the way, the truth, and the life. Now what? And I think that is the answer that people are scared of the most because so many people put their identity. So I know so many of my friends, I found my identity in Christ. I found myself in Christ. No, you bro, found I, Christ's identity. Bro, now. I've heard people say without Christ, I'm nothing. Right. And they like mean that shit. Like, bro, do y'all think Come Christ on, is? Do you take? Do you, do you think they take that literal, or do yes. y'all take yes. Christ, bro? They're That's not. They're not awoken. They're yes, not even bro. reading the Bible for real. The okay. shit we talking about is shit you talk about when you read the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. I, okay, I read it. I understand that shit is allegory. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff in there is good shit. A lot of shit in there is for power. Like, they're not even reading it for real, nigga. So, they like literally saying. I, mm-hmm. I, I look at it this way. I love the Lord of the Rings. 
Great, I great love series. the Lord of the Rings. Great series. J.R. Tolkien was a masterful writer, and he put together a great series. Silmarillion, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. These are great stories, and there's a lot of great things about friendship and fighting for what's right and doing the right thing. There's a lot of great messages to it. I watched the movies. I tried to read the book. And that's how some people look at their Christian faith is they are they they maybe not even read all the book but they hot, they heard the pastor they heard the message and they love that faith and they will mm. always say that is the best faith ever because and, and of that to, box. and just to, I mean uh, break you up just to be you know for the for the viewers we're not just talking christianity we're talking, I'm talking about only religion all, yes. religion religion all religion all religion muslim yeah. hinduism it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter i i think that the moment that you create harm to another individual you need to reassess the religious values that you were raised with. And I don't think enough people do that. That's, that's my belief system, is that if you start causing harm to somebody because your religion says that they're evil or that's a sin or that's wrong, that's wrong. And it, it's, it's wrong for you. It creates cancer in yourself. I think the problem is the word harm is even a dynamic word in itself. Uh, everything you just said is perception. Because yeah. if somebody really, that's why I said you a light being. But if somebody really on that demon shit, like they wake up every day, like nigga, my purpose is to fuck shit up. Yeah, because right. we could say us, we could say <laughs> this whole con- yeah. ass, bro. Yeah, like, we could say really this whole up, conversation like, is harmful. If a Christian, if a Christian who's not prepared to receive this type of message, it could fuck them up. They might go jump off a bridge because they're like, oh literally. shit, some of that yeah. shit. So resonated. Is, that 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 quote was a and, perception. And I think consciousness is the key to everything. That's when when I got into the paradigm thing. It's like. Um, I, I've met some Christians who have, who stepped outside of the paradigm and chose to step back in because that's just what they chose. And I respect it. That's warm. It's I respect it. Yeah. I respect it. But at least, you know, at least, you know, that's, that, that, that is, you know what I'm saying? That, so that, that, did they go back into the religion or did they go back into the community of the religion? Probably a little bit of both. Like I, I went through a phase where, uh, you know, I went through uh, atheist phases. I went through. I'm right now. I'm kind of in a. Let's like talk I, about the red pill phases, bro. About the phases of waking up from, uh, okay. from that stuff because that's a that's a topic in itself. Yeah, the, the phases of it. Yeah, I can. So I can. I can. Uh, well, actually, Micah, you're the you're the guest. To, you you wanna you wanna spark that off? No, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so yeah, so that I I have a better understanding of where I, I haven't heard this one before. So oh, okay. go for it. So um, you know, when the whole there's this whole red pill uh, community analogy thing going on, the whole matrix red pill blue pill thing. So when you when you readjust your paradigm, you go through these phases. You go through anger. You go through denial. And so I can just kind of briefly tell you guys my my uh, the phases that I went through. So um, literally. The last time I've been to church, I cried out to God so crazy. I had snot dripping on my nose. Ugly cry going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just, you know what I'm saying? But but that is the beauty of church because he can put you in a in a in a um, in an emotional place that you really can't get. You know what I'm saying? But like I said, it's still this like whimsical, unknown phenomenon that you I just can't explain. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I don't shit on anyone's religion. You just but so but then after that, after that church phase, I'm crying out to God. And I just didn't want to be a sinner. I didn't want to have sex anymore. I, I wanted to just be obedient to the word. But then when I left the church, 
I stopped having sex for a while, like six months. I just went completely cold turkey. I stopped ejaculation for like, I think I went like 62 days straight with no ejaculation, just completely cold turkey, no weed. I'm just like on this spiritual high. And as I got deeper and deeper into this phase, I realized, bro, this is me. This is my fucking willpower. I just, I'm stronger than what I think I am, you know? And then I started studying, uh, I came across Ray Hagan's. Now, I wouldn't suggest everybody go study Ray Hagen's because you have to have a certain type of mind to take certain type of information in. But he he kind of started educating me on the ancient Kemet deities and how those those stories kind of uh, overlapped with each other. And I got angry because I accepted what he said is truth. You know what I'm saying? And so I went through these like the, the red pill phases, like I got anger and then I was in denial and I was going through this all by myself, you know? And so... Um, at first, I'm just like, I have songs that I wrote to Jesus, angry songs. I might release them one day. Maybe, maybe I'm, I may not. But and I'm just journaling and I'm just like, like, I feel like a fucking idiot. I feel like a fucking fool. And I'm angry. Like, literally, I'm, I'm upset. I'm really mad. I'm enraged because I feel like my parents is fucking idiots. I feel like my pastors, my grandparents, I feel like everybody was trying to fool me. But then when you when you mature through your phase, you're like, all they did was teach me what they know. Mm-hmm. All they can do is show me what they know. And then I got to this acceptance phase where it's just like, oh, then I could get back into the Bible and I can read the Bible like from a bird's eyes view without taking it literal. And I just want to learn. You know what I'm saying? And yep. now I'm studying other religions and, you know, it's just this like acceptance phase. And then I started looking at the homosexual community so much different, you know, because we're taught to believe that the LGBTQ community, they're abominations, right. you know, and I think everybody, OK, you're entitled to your opinion, whatever. But I'm like, bro, live your life. Do what you do what you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, I got my opinions. Everybody got their opinions. But. I had this deep acceptance that like, bro, that's not the way it's supposed to be, especially the love. How can you love your neighbor as you love yourself if you think your neighbor's an abomination? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, it's like, the, it's like these phases, man, these phases of, and, and I can see that you kind of resonated with, with, with some of the things that I said, man. And yeah, those are like the red pill phases, man. It's like a denial, it's anger, then it's acceptance. And then it's just, and now you just get to the point where you're like, bro, I don't know shit. Don't nobody know shit. I just want to live, make music, shoot the shit with my guys on a podcast and create generational wealth. And I don't know what the fuck happens when I die. Right. Well, I, I think it's interesting too that you, when, when you went through one of those phases, you got rid of things that you were told were wrong in order to get to a higher level of understanding and connection to your spirit or to your God or whatever it was. And those things that you gave up never are they called out as sins or wrong. There is a additional layer that the church adds onto these things that they say are now sins. Sex outside of marriage, not biblical. That is not a biblical concept. Adultery is, but adultery is a very specific act. You should not commit adultery. What is adultery? A married person having sex outside of their marriage partnership or you having sex with somebody who's married. That's adultery. It's not having sex with people. Fornication. um... Fornication, if you start to dive into what that actually means, fornication goes back to the Old Testament and into the ancient Hebrew. Fornication was a form of worship that was for gods of the specific region. So they would use sexual violent acts 
as a form of worship. Which is uh, what Satan, Satanism is now. Sounds like fucking porn. So, <laughs> so violent sexual acts is what fornication is with the intention to honor another deity. So the uh, sin of fornication is listed. But it is not having sex with a partner that's consensual and loving or just for fun. And that's what I learned about religion is it's no real answer. So you really your imagination is going to take the religion over. You can make it mean whatever the fuck you want. And if you have a loud enough voice, you can have other people hear it and follow and follow it. That's crazy. If it's if it's coming from your soul, things that come from your soul, they're true. And that's why you can't say that the LGBTQ community is wrong, because if that's coming from their soul, clearly you got this whole fucking movement out here of people. I like vagina. I'm, I, I don't did, agree. When, when I, did you decide that you liked it? When I was fucked, when I popped out my mom's right. vagina. Shit. So, like, so is that the choice that you made at that time? Absolutely. There you go. You know? So <laughs> what to get back in. Yeah. Gotcha. It's, it's, like, it's, like who, it's like, who the fuck are we to tell them that they're abominations or they're wrong? Yes, I don't agree because I'm straight, obviously. You know what I'm saying? But like, damn, let them live their fucking life. And and that right there is where the, the difference between translation and interpretation has caused an entire community of human beings to be marginalized and said that they're sinful when the Bible never said that. Somebody changed the interpretation from the word pedophile, which is wrong, to homosexual. That's Hmm. where they manipulated the scripture. And if they are able to manipulate that scripture line right there, what else have they done? (laughs) And that's what bothers me. And that's where I have to do more studies and have a better understanding with the idea of not having an attachment to where that's going to lead me. You still read the Bible though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you still take the good out of good. You still taking the good spit out the bad. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I read, yeah. you know, I, I read other texts too. And yeah. I read I read fantasy and mm-hmm. I read science fiction. I write I read the writings of human beings because uh Neil Gaiman, uh probably one of my favorite writers, uh, he wrote The American Gods, if you're familiar with that, with that book. Um he wrote Norse mythology. He's got a series, he wrote Coraline. He's just an amazing author. Is there a TV show out? American called, Yeah, yeah okay. there's a, yeah. yeah. A, 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 and so I followed him. And what I found is that the stories of mythology that he shares, modern day mythology, could be become the template for a religion for somebody else down the road. Yeah, you never know. We're doing it right now. We are creating the future of mindsets and paradigms for the future generations. Yeah, you know, people, people, the older they get, the more it's like they be running from death because they hate evolution. Like more older people I talk to, they just don't fuck with evolution like bro that is not how it's fucking done and it's like clearly just showing them like bro your time almost up you're about about to be going and they they just running from it they don't want to see the evolution of nothing of no religion of of nothing and that's the idea of attachment And, and like i said i'm growing through it myself because if we're attached to it's supposed to be this way you know, absolutely. I, I believe in the law. I believe in there's too far. I believe in you can go too liberal or too conservative. That's why I love balance. I love yin and yang. I love the philosophy of somewhere in the middle because I believe that's where it's it's safeish. But that it's always going to be moving. J. Cole said change is slow, always has been, always will be. So fuck that. I'm a bus back until they kill me. You know, whatever. That's the whole whatever. But it's the it's just. It just is what it is. And I had to grow up and get out of my own shit to realize, bro, it doesn't matter if you think the LGBTQ community is 
abominations, if you think it's wrong, if you think it's right, the world's gonna move on regardless. So you might as well fucking accept it. I just recently saw a scientist start talking about if we were to remove human beings out of the global ecosystem, it wouldn't hurt the earth. (laughs) You remove ants and the entire thing collapses. You remove certain fish, the entire thing collapses. You remove bees, the entire world collapses. You remove remove humanity, the globe would thrive. See that's wow. and that's the shit that I had to accept. As in, I don't I don't know a damn thing, bro. Like we could be the fucking aliens. We talk about bro. oh, we're the aliens. We are, we could be the fucking aliens, bro. We know bro, shit. I, I don't I don't. Know. We are. I had to accept that, bro. <laughs> we, we we are a viral <laughs> infection. Is what we are. Say that in, in the Matrix, right? <laughs> Agent Smith. Yeah. Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, Man. yeah. Yeah. But go on. I didn't mean no, to No, no, that is exact. Yet. I mean, I just, and as soon as you said the Matrix, I thought of, boom, that scene, yeah. right? Yeah. Where he's like, the, the, your guys are a virus. Mm-hmm. Humanity is a virus. Mm-hmm. You go into an area, you use up all the resources, mm-hmm. you destroy it, and then you keep on going through the body. Yeah. Man, and, and, and I, I learned about, I learned about empathy. Like I said, I take religion, astrology, numerology, all with a grain of salt, but I learned so much about myself in little increments through it all. And when I learned how, I used to always feel my mom's emotions. I used to, my, like, you know, I come from a super traumatic childhood and all that, you know, sad shit. But <laughs> I fucking, like, I used to always wonder, why do I feel so strongly? I can, sometimes when I walk across a, past a stranger, I can feel their pain. Yep. People love, people always felt comfortable, like, telling me their pain and their stories, and I would just absorb it. And, and it's always been this way. And I didn't really understand until I got older that I'm an empath, I'm a deep empath. And so I can feel every time I throw something in the trash, where the fuck is that going? What's, how is that gonna impact the future generations? And it's like, bro, we are just fucked up. We're just <laughs> fucked up. We fuck everything up. It's just, oh man, this shit, bro. I, I like humanity. It's fucked up. I fuck. I mean, I like. I like. I'm glad I'm here, but I'm just. I'm just saying. It's just, and we just don't know. We just don't know. We don't understand. And it's just. That, that's what I had to accept. Once I accepted, I don't know. I started loving life. Like, I don't fucking know. Who cares? I'm gonna get this bag. Get this bag, bro. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I ain't, I ain't got time to be wasting my time stuck saying I don't know either. I mean, when we having these conversations, cool. But I done been down the damn journey. Like, I would just love to to. The whole goal of this episode or if this podcast or anything that I do as far as speaking and, you know, in terms of this is anybody who stuck where we were, where they feel like that, bro, I don't know. We've all been in that place. We went to our pastor like, I don't know, pastor. I'm struggling with my faith. I don't know, mom. I don't know if this Jesus shit and their parents are like, no, you just need to have faith. No, you. I think that's what it was, bro, was accepting. I don't know. Once you accept that it's not. It's hard, it's hard to worry what I'm trying to say. Once I accept it, that nobody knows shit, that's when I was cool. But before I could accept that, like, I was like, it's answers for, it's answers for this shit. Down. You yeah. released it. Yeah, I was you like, it's answers for this attachment. shit somewhere, bro. That doesn't mean you don't stop learning. I'm, you, I'm you, never going to yeah. stop learning. But like you said, I released the attachment to yeah. God even. Like, I'm not saying it ain't no God. It is a God. You don't I fucking don't know. Fucking, and I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Once I reach that point, bro. I've been I've been cool, but before that I was fucking loco. I couldn't I couldn't do shit. I was trying to figure out all the answers, bro. Don't 
Don't nobody know them motherfuckers. And, and we only gonna be here 120 years max, all of us. Blip, and and we gonna be blip. fucking gone, bro. And that's why they say a wise man knows he knows nothing, man. Like so I'm gonna let the fuck out of his life while I don't know a damn thing. Yep. There's there's a reason why the ancient wise men lived up on a mountaintop alone from everybody else. Man. Or the the witch lived out in the woods because she just didn't even want to deal with it anymore. The right? monks. The monks, they go off to segregate themselves. They got the, the Buddhist monks. You got Christian monks. There's a reason why people just like, I, I think that's one thing that we have missed out on is who do we look as our wise people in our current society? We look at fucking who, who athletes. Is, who is and, wise? Yeah. Well, we don't know. We I see know, people right. that are successful. Right. We see people who are wealthy. Do we see people who are wise? They know how to navigate financial sectors and become successful, but are they wise? Are they thoughtful? Those people do not get on the soundstage. Those people are on a mountaintop. Those people are in the woods. Those people are separated from the rest of society because society has now devalued their KPI of success. And I think that's one of the things that we have to strive for is how do we, if this is the journey that you're on, yeah. how do we find that mountaintop? How do we find that witch in the woods that you, can pass on that knowledge? You got to create it. They talk about like, what's your purpose? Uh, people think it's like assigned to you or some. To, oh, to me, it's that. just, bro, you, you create literally it. create your purpose. If you want to make your purpose playing 2K all day, playing Call of Duty, mm -hmm. That will be your fucking purpose. Hope you make a bag doing it. Yeah. I, I do because my purpose is totally different from my, I set my own shit. So yeah, this this podcast and shit. This is part of my purpose. You know, I believe. Uh, you know, like I said, I ain't never gonna say I know some shit, but I, I I think my voice can help some younger person or older person even see the world a little more clear or get a little more. Consciousness, growth, yeah, gain a little aware, more balance, awareness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, so that maybe they can look within themselves and create their own purpose to go give something to the world. I think we're here to give something. So, would you say everyone's purpose is aligned with what they're naturally gifted with? I think so. Okay, I think so. And that's when coming when when Micah said you got to know self, you mm -hmm. got to spend time with self. You know. Yeah. You have to. Jesus spent a lot of time with self. He would go into the fucking woods and just disappear. Who knows what he did when he was mm -hmm. there? But Jesus was very monkish. He didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, the that, allegory. That they recorded. Yeah. You know what right. I'm saying? Like he right. could have been a pimp for all we know. But right. at least for what we I do heard know. I heard Mary was one to break off. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so with that, Michael, what would you say your gifts are in this life? And what, what do you believe your purpose are or is? So I'm I'm actually kind of working through that. Mm -hmm. I'm working through that. I, the concept of a of an individual purpose for an individual person is a concept that's eluding me right now. It's something that I'm meditating on because I don't know if everybody has a purpose, and I don't, and and that you are that you have a purpose. I believe that that could also be detrimental in some cases. So if you have not found your purpose, you don't know what your purpose is. Are you a failure? No, you, you just create, need to, you just need to do, find something that makes why? you feel like you got a damn purpose. And but the question then comes why? Mm. Why do some you, people are yeah. driven. Some people are driven that this is this is my goal and this is what I'm going to work for and this is what my purpose is. But is does everybody have to have a purpose? Does everybody have a purpose? No. no. So I don't know if I do. I don't know if my purpose is to contribute in this conversation right here. And then as soon as I'm done here, my, my purpose for this planet is done. 
Um, I don't know if my purpose was to bring my youngest son into the world and let him see what his life is. I don't know. I've done a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Maybe my purpose was to smoke one too many cigarettes and be the influence for somebody to not smoke anymore. That was my granddad. <laughs> that was his purpose for uh, all my life. Right? That's why I don't smoke that bullshit. Mm -hmm. I watched him die of that shit. So yeah, it's, it could be anything. I think people create it and uh, if people don't want to have a purpose, they don't die anyway. We and, all live. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> what, yeah. that's the hard truth to accept. That's like, what the yeah. open mind is. That's why yeah. when I when I hear atheists speak, Christians will condemn an atheist. But bro, I can sit next to an atheist and understand why he thinks we're just a random blob of nothingness. And this is just some, some fucking random shit that happened. Because why? We don't fucking know. And, yeah, and but when I, you, yeah, you I release can sit that? To the, next to the prophet too, <laughs> telling you that they know the future. And then that, that shit happened. And you, it's like, bro, who knows? I don't. Shit. You know, people, they, I believe people have gifts. I, I have gifts. You know what I'm saying? P people who, who believe that this is just some random happen. Now, I personally don't believe it because this is just, this is too intelligent. The universe is too intelligent for this to be random. But that's the way I perceive it. Some people haven't went within themselves deep enough to be able to realize, you know, the trees were meant for us to to, to breathe better. And, and nature is just is beautiful. And if Earth moved a centimeter over, that bitch would be too yeah, high. You know, it's, it's just, all reciprocating. That's you know, crazy, laws bro. of reciprocation. Yeah. Right. You know, order right. and chaos. Order and chaos. Mm -hmm. And bro, yin and yang is is is, yeah. is 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 forever for for me. Anyways, my, I found my peace in life and balance. And, and duality yep. and knowing that I'm not righteous and I'm not evil, but I can get righteous and I can get evil. It's whatever the fuck you where you want to take it, you know? So, you know? That's how I came to the conclusion. People make their own purpose. People make their own truths. Like you said in your, like if they gave from their soul, that's what you're saying. Like then it's true for them. Yeah, but that shit ain't true for me. I fuck, man, that shit gross. You know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't, and I ain't against what they doing or nothing, but you make your own truths, you make your own purpose, you make your own perception, your own reality. Like you create it. Like, People say God and me, I am God type shit, and a way. Yeah. But then you talk about the the earth moving one centimeter over, and then we all it's burn, all gone. Burn. It's all gone. Like, that's where you'd be like, all right, God fix that shit. Be like, I don't know. Yeah, I <laughs> so know. you you create whatever, bro. That's that's just my perception. Yeah. What, I, what we have control over. And I don't know if I have a purpose, but I know I love my kids. I want them to be happy, and I want to help them on their journey. And that sounds like your purpose, bro. Like. You already you know, created it. And that's in your and you're fine and you're comfortable in that. I'm comfortable. And that's what that. every person in the world just needs to find. Their thing, what's cool with them, what's comfortable with you, what feels right and aligned, and then go for that shit. Yep. Live in it. Yeah, Live who, it. who said being a father wasn't a purpose? Right? Mm -hmm. So that that makes it sound like you already found your purpose, man. Yeah. So so one more question before we wrap this up, man. Um I wanna um talk to them about your Spartan race, man. Just, oh gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so uh I was going through a health challenge uh at the end of last year. It's called the 75 uh 75 day hard. I don't know if you've ever seen this challenge. It's it's where you do two workouts a day, you follow a strict diet, you don't have any alcohol. Um, you gotta be do one of your 45 minute workouts outside, and it's very strict. You have to read 10 days, no alcohol. Uh so it, you drink a gallon of water. So there's specific things that you have to do 75 days straight. If you miss one day, you start out at zero. So I did this challenge, this health challenge for 75 days straight. And this guy that I was, that was a part of, his name is Joe Tura. Uh, as we got to the end, he said, who wants to do a Spartan race? And now I tell you, you do 75 days straight, two workouts a day, you're feeling amped, like I can conquer anything. And we start, we signed up for this. I said, yeah, I'm in. It's a Spartan ultra beast. It's a 30 mile race out in uh, Lake Tahoe uh, in uh, just, yeah, out in Nevada right there. Wherever. How many miles? 30. 
You running? Running. It's a 30-mile running race. 9,000 feet eva- <laughs> uh, elevation. Uh, I think there's about 60 obstacles that you have to overcome through. So it'd be hard to breathe up there too? It's going to be hard to breathe. And then every like every half mile, whatever it is, whatever the cadence is, you've got an obstacle, a wall climb, a rope climb, monkey bars. You've got... Uh, you've got to jump from a rope over a pot, you know a big old thing of water and then go on to uh, inverted ladder and so you have to go through that. So you was talking about like talk, thinking like a baby earlier, like why? Why, why are you doing that? I want to see what I'm capable of. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, that's it. To, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to win. I'm not. I'm not going to win the race. I'm a 43 year old, former 250 pound, overweight, two packs a day. Micah Burkholz is not going to win this race. So doing I'm that, going doing that challenge, it. you lost weight like a mug. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've been working on it. But so. I bet you break a paradigm about yourself in the midst of it, and you, and you become out a, a new version of Micah. Yeah, that's, and that's that's what I see. I want to see what I'm capable of. So my my training. I train with Ramil once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. I'm putting the mileage in on my uh, on my own and uh, finding different uh, finding different nuggets to like tap into. So I'm what I'm trying to do right now is uh, finding things that motivate me that keep me inspired along that journey, so that when I hit a wall, I can go back to that moment I was on the treadmill for two hours straight and I saw. It happened to me this morning. I was like, all right, I'm going to put, put this one in. I did 13 on the treadmill this morning. And I was watching uh, uh, the Avengers Endgame, right? I love fantasy. I love comic books. And you know that scene, right, when Captain America uh, is like, uh, he's about to go up against Thanos and he hears on your left from Sam, you know, the new Captain mm-hmm. America, you hear Sam on your left. And then you look, he look, turns around and here comes, uh, you've got Black Panther with Wakanda opening up and here's Black Panther walking out and they're, they're there for him, right? Mm-hmm. There's that moment, that moment right there, that energy, did you know that energy that I, I don't know, I felt that energy when I'm watching that happen and you saw Cap turn and see all of his friends show up there to help yeah. him out. That moment, that energy that hit my skin, the feeling I felt in my gut, I'm using that as a nugget. So when I hit mile 15 or mile 20 or mile 28 boy, and I don't have anything back, boy. I'm going back to that. <laughs> I'm going to that little nugget and I'm going to say, that's good. I've got, I got to tap into that energy. Yeah, yeah, that's how that yeah, shit be. You got when you, shit when you running push down it. my fucking yeah, spine. Gabe's over there like shit. <laughs> right. So that's that's what I'm working right now through this through this training to get to that level. Is I've got to I've got to find more than just physical resources. Yeah, that shit, it ain't it. normal. That shit. You got to do unnormal shit to mm. get unnormal shit done. Yeah. So like, that's that's what I'm working on. Abnormal. At, shit. at this point of your training, how are you feeling leading up into the race, and how many days are left? Uh, I'm not counting the exact number of days <laughs> left, right? Uh, but I got about 30. 30? Yeah, what did... It's exactly 30. <laughs> it's 30 days from today. And I'm going to road trip the week out with my uh, with my son. He's mm-hmm. going to go out. We're going to road trip out there. You like vlogging in and stuff? Uh, I'm actually going to have actually have him record, yeah. uh, post it That's through awesome. Instagram, yeah, and take video of it. That's dope, man. So, yeah, I'm he's, 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 he's like my guy to go with me on places. Yeah. Like he's always up for an adventure, try a new yeah, restaurant, go anywhere. So having my son go with me. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. It's exciting times, man. That's dope. Got a lot of work to still do. A lot yeah. of time left. Yeah. yeah. I got to, so, I got to be able to start, I got to get to the point where I can have like 90 pounds between my legs with a train when I'm doing the pull-ups. Yeah. I, I don't know if you can, can you I get think, me there, Ramil? It's so mentally different though, uh, than the, the same, the person used to be when you was 250 pounds, just doing some shit like, like, it's probably night and day, bro. There, I, I actually have a, a photo that I shared on Facebook, uh, from back in the day. 
Um, and I, uh, once in a while it pops up in my history, you know, they like, you like yeah, see memory, your memories, yeah. right? And it's a, a picture of a workout room at a Hampton Inn when I was traveling on the road. And I put, took a picture of it. It's just like this little shitty, it is just this really shitty little workout room with like an elliptical and a, a treadmill. And I to- posted a picture of it. I said, this is the workout room. They don't like me smoking in here. So I'm going outside. And I realized that that was like my mentality, like physical exercise, moving my body and challenging myself was not something that brought me the joy that it does today. You was comfortable, bro. I was comfortable. (laughs) Here's the thing. I'm smoking two packs of cigarette a day with a cigarette in one hand and an inhaler in the other Mm -hmm. because I'm asthmatic too. And I was just kind of trapped in that mindset. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. And hopefully... Hit the inhaler to get on to the next day. Shit. Wow. So I had to shift. Yeah. Shift. That, that comfortability. That's what it's all about, man. That war creates growth. Trauma creates growth. Yeah. That dark energy, the devil going to make you grow. <laughs> the devil is going to make you grow because oh, yeah. he's not going to stop testing you. So. Forest fire allows pine cones to open. Man. Mm. Right? Man. You know, the, next, the next growth is going to come from that forest fire. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. Well, look, man, we're going to close it off there. Mr. Micah Burkholz, man, thank you so much for coming through. This was so dope. Guys, appreciate you, man. It's your boy, DK The Real. This episode seven, man. We're going to see you guys next week. Life taught me every L is a lesson, and every day is a blessing. Roll a split, get